Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. I just um, I just get a sense this morning that um, uh, God is just uh, I don't know whether it's whether it's just just God testing me or. Uh, or uh, th- that he wants to change things considerably, but I, I just really feel that he's um, weaving through the fabric of people's lives in a very different way at the moment. And uh, there are some people who are being stirred. Some pe- how, how many know when God has, has stirred their hearts in times gone past and it's been a little bit uncomfortable? Anybody experience that, right? And look, often generally, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, you hear the song, you know, be still and be still and know that he is God. You know, your beautiful old hymn. And there's those moments of just being still. But then you hear those moments of where Jesus is that roaring lion. You know what I'm saying? And he is a roaring lion. And he is coming back for a glorious bride being the church. That's you and I. And you see, at the moment, I, I, I just get, this sense that you know that that he is God is that still small voice that is you know quietly and gently knocking on people's hearts but he is also that at that roaring lion at the moment that's saying he's coming that Jesus is coming and he loves you so much he is coming and he's roaring on your behalf and you see you know sometimes I think as a parent Uh, and and I'm not comparing Jesus to parenting, but how many know he'd make a pretty good dad? I mean, he'd make a pretty good uncle too, wouldn't he? He'd make a pretty good cousin. He'd he'd be a pretty good, not just all-rounder, he'd be ace at all of it, right? Wouldn't he? Right? He's he's our best friend. He's just so dynamic in the way that... I reckon he'd be funny. You reckon he'd be funny? Jesus would be funny? Yeah? Like I was in a Catholic church a couple of weeks ago when right up the back is this grotesque picture of Jesus on the cross. And, I, and I, look, I think it's important that we remember the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And that's why we celebrated communion together this morning of all the promises that he has given to us. But at the same time, we have to understand that, 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 uh, that, that he's not on the cross anymore and, 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 and he is full of life. John 10.10, 10, I say it over and over again. John 10.10, 10, he said, I have come that they, they, you and I would have life. Everybody say life. Life. Life and to its fullest. Okay, and that's not some prosperity doctrine or prosperity doctrine um, um, teaching or anything like that. What I'm talking about is life in all of its aspects. Life is to be lived, folks. Amen. And so I just wonder at the moment if Jesus is roaring like a lion, a bit like a parent as a child runs towards a road. 
I just wonder at the moment if Jesus is roaring over his church and he's saying, I am coming, get ready. You know, the kids often ask us questions like, you know, Dad, when do you think Jesus is coming back? Because, you know, I am the fountain of all knowledge and wisdom. And I said, well, the good news is Jesus doesn't know either. Because <laughs> Jesus said only the Father knows. And so, and, you know, and look, if we're the, if we're the generation that Jesus comes back in or if it's ten, from, from, 10 generations from now, then I'm okay with that, right? The point is this. The point is this, we need to be a generation that is ready. And if we're not the generation, the next generation, we need to help the next generation be ready. And if they're not the generation, then the generation after them need to be ready. Hello? Because if there has ever been a time where the voice of the church mattered, it is now. If there has any, been any time, certainly within this nation of Australia, this state of Victoria and this city of Melbourne and this municipality called Manningham, it is now. It is now. It is now. It is now. Amen? So if you've got your Bibles with you open to John chapter 4, and some of this uh, is um, a story that you will uh readily know. I'm just going to touch on it for a short time and then I'm going to dive into the next bit. And you go, ooh, I wonder what the next bit is. I can hear the murmuring. Ooh, I wonder what the next bit is. Um, thank you for all your, all your encouragement uh, last week as well. There's so many people that uh, said that last week was um, impacting um, and I pray that it's life-changing and life-changing in, in its total. Does that make sense? I, 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 just, I, I just want lasting change, amen? Lasting growth. Hello? All right? And, you know, as I shared last Sunday, it was... Man, I, I, was, I was raw <laughs> for at least three or four days afterwards. But I just felt that the Lord was just really birthing something quite new. John chapter 4. And we're going to go from uh, verse 5. So he, being Jesus, came to a city of Samaria, which is called that name there, Sichar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, therefore Jesus, being wearied from his journey, um, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now most people would understand from this story that um, it, is, it is highly unusual for a, a Jewish man, a Hebrew man, uh, uh, let alone a teacher, a teacher like Jesus. We have to remember the way that Jesus was clothed. Jesus was clothed with a seamless gown. Um, everybody who saw him would, would co not comment, but they would be able to notice that what he is wearing is 
very expensive clothing. You know, we have to understand that Jesus was a man of great style. Okay? And we're, we, we've got to be okay with that. Jesus, uh, yes, he was walked in absolute humility, um, but, uh, but it is highly likely that his family was quite wealthy as well. And it's not only that, but, you know, uh, how many know money shouldn't hold you? You should control it. Hello? And so, and so uh, you have to understand that Jesus, after a very, very long journey, came to that well and uh, spoke to this woman who um, uh, she did not expect for him to say anything to her. In fact, she probably expected him to, uh, she probably expected him to treat her poorly. Okay? And he said, uh, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. <laughs> I wonder if there was a hello first. I'm just trying to personalise this. I wonder if it was a, g'day, how are you going, how's your day been? Give me a drink. I don't even know whether there was a please, Rosie, I just don't know. But the Bible says give me a drink. I know Jesus said it because it's in red. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now we have to understand that normally the women in the, early in the morning would go and collect water together. I send Anna down to the river every morning. Joking. How good is it to have taps? Yeah? But in this story, uh, then normally the uh, women would go down early in the morning to collect the water for the day and uh, carry it back. Uh, and that would be the, the, uh, the water for the family for the day. Um, but this was not in the morning and this was not... Uh, and she was not with a group of women. She was on her own. Why? She was an outcast. You see, this Samaritan woman felt disqualified from being accepted. This woman judged herself by the way that others treated her. And some might say rightly so because her actions proved that she ought to be outcast. But Jesus had other plans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Didn't he ask her for a drink? I, I, if I was that lady and if I was that woman, I'd be a little bit confused by the way this conversation is going. Because I would have said, hold on a second. Didn't you ask me for a drink? And now you're offering me living water. It's like a cup that never runs out. 
Who would have appreciated a water bottle yesterday at the event that never ran out, right? Ice cold, refreshing, a drink of your choice. But here, Jesus actually required something of her. We don't know whether it was a hello first. We, we, all we do know is that, she, that he asked her for a drink first. That was the very first interaction that Jesus had with her. Was it a be still and know that I am God moment or was it a roaring lion, this moment of where it is this, it, it is this, I'm grabbing your attention because you need to hear what I'm going to say. How many times do we approach God in the sense of we're just after his living water and yet not understanding and knowing that he's requiring something of us first? Often he's requiring something of us that we might least expect. And you might say, well, what have I got to give him? Well, Jesus said, cast all your cares, cast all your burdens on him. And, you, you know, I think sometimes we just walk around too much carrying all these burdens that weigh us down, thinking that it's our cross to bear. Had she drawn water yet? We don't even know. Was her water cans, vats filled already that she had to, to, to go away? It actually says draw some water. If you have a look in the original language, it says draw some water. So here is Jesus, a well-abled man who can pull on a bucket on a rope and draw that water out himself, uh, you know, whether it was on a pulley or whether it was, you know, on a uh, just, you know, sheer arms or whatever it was, here is a grown man asking a woman to do it. And he said, draw water and give me a drink. It almost seems as like Jesus is saying, you've come here for one purpose and that is to draw water, but you've come here to experience something completely different because of that purpose. And I think too often what we come, we come towards God carrying burdens, thinking that, you know, it, it's our weight to carry and it's our this to carry. And yet my Bible says that we are to go with him with childlike faith. Not childish, but childlike. In other words, that complete trust, that complete total, and, and, and I know you're going to catch me. We... Um, um, people would freak out when the kids were little and, and we'd be here and I'd be throwing the kids up in the air and, you know, I don't know whether it was a fearful giggle or a, they really, really enjoyed it. But they'd be flying through the air and I never dropped them once. <laughs> and then we upgraded. And then it got to the front letterbox. And we used to have a front letterbox that was, you know, this big brick thing and, and it was pretty high and, and uh, you know, I'd almost cause accidents of cars driving past because the kids would leap off and I'd catch them and, and again, Dad, again, and they'd run around and jump off again and, and then we upgraded again. 
I put them up on the roof of the house. And, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. They were actually on a trampoline, right? And they'd bounce and they'd bounce and they'd bounce and they'd bounce. And our backyard used to be on quite a slope. And they'd bounce off the trampoline and I'd be down on the slope ready to catch them like this, right? And, I'd, and you know, I'd catch them every time. There were some close moments, I'll just say. There were some close moments. But there was this undying trust. Dad's going to catch me. There was a little bit of nervousness. There was a little bit of, oh. But every single time the kids would go, yeah, Dad, you're going to catch me. You're going to catch me. And then, you know, Josh started to grow a bit heavier and Dad wasn't so good at catching him anymore. But I think we've got to come with that childlike faith towards God and say, Jesus, you're going to catch me. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to worship like never before. I'm going to bring an offering to you that I've never brought before. And when I'm talking about offering, I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about serving. I'm talking about, I don't know, helping somebody. The Bible says, and I read it last week, that, it, that it's, 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 it's whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord, not unto men. I think it's important that as we live, we live our life unto God. Amen? Let's go back to the Samaritan woman and the conversation she's having with Jesus. Verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Jesus was unprepared to have a drink. (laughs) He needed what she had. It's interesting, isn't it? He didn't have a cup. He didn't have a bottle. And she said, you have nothing to draw with. And what can I put that water in? Where then do you get that living water? She asked him. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Excuse me. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. 
Friends, the number one enemy of that everlasting water springing up out of your, out of who you are into those that are around you, <clears throat> watering those that are around you, causing great change, causing the kingdom of heaven to come here on earth. The number one thing that inhibits and restricts that is you. Because so often, Water is contained within the vessel that it is. And yet, what Jesus is talking about is that well of life that springs up in a person's life that, I don't know what the words to describe it, that effervescence, that anointing, that, 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 that great change that affects the room when you walk into it. You know, yesterday we celebrated... Yesterday we celebrated uh, um, uh, the CareNet volunteers, and on top of you know the Christmas function that we had here yesterday, and and um, <coughs> there was there was um, uh, uh, a luncheon that uh, um, uh, the CareNet volunteers were able to celebrate together, and and it was just a wonderful time, and and uh, you know I was chatting with people, and and then and then uh, Rosie came up to me, and she started to share about an amazing testimony that has happened in her life. I'm not going to steal her thunder because you, you can ask her about it, but, but, but this amazing testimony. And I just felt the atmosphere change. I'd been here, you know, since early working and whatnot. And, you know, I was, a, I was a little bit tired. I was a little bit preoccupied with I knew what still had to take place before the event. And, 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 and yet when I chatted with Rosie, it's like, oh, this life... I don't know, what's the word? Swelled up within her. And as she's telling the story of God's goodness and she's telling the story of God's provision, what happened was, was I was changed. I was changed as a result. Thanks, Ed. I was changed as a result. And guess what happened then? Then my, then my perspective for the rest of the day was changed. And then I was affected. And Rosie might not have even thought that that could have been possible. But you see, when we share the good things of God, this is this well, this well that springs up within our life. And yet the opposite is the same. I understand that there are a lot of problems in the world. I understand it. I was talking with my mechanic the other day and, you know, I didn't know he was a Christian. And, uh, you know, there was a couple of symbols around his little, you know, foyer thing. And, and, uh, and I thought, oh, well, you know, and uh, there's, he, he's got quite a large, you know, cross on the inside. You know, that should, probably should give it away. <laughs> um, but, you know, I could, thought that that could have been a bit of artwork on his arm, but a, a big tattoo and things. But, and, you know, that, you know, could, should have been a really good conversation starter for me. It, it, it could have been a, a well moment, give me a drink. But... Anyway, he started, we started to chat and he was just sort of testing me out. And when he realised that we shared some same views of what the church is called to do, man, nothing could hold him back. Nothing could hold him back when he started to talk about men and the role of men and the role of husbands and the role that the society has pulled down men and reduced men to something that they ought not to be. And yes, women are, are, are the fabric of, of the family, but the man is the protector, he's the provider, he's the, he's the, you know, the priesthood, he's the spiritual head. 
And I'm not saying women are second. I'm just saying he's the spiritual head because that's what the Bible teaches as, as holding, holding responsible for, for the trajectory of the family. And he just started to go for it. He started to preach at me and I'm meant to be the preacher. So what happened? I'm driving in the car going, we, we need to have some men's, like real men's meetings. We need to start running some workshops on how to be real men. I'm driving the car and... You know, he started to affect change in me. Why? Because there's a belief system within him that says Jesus is king. It's that well of life that's, that's dwelling up. And he said, oh, I shouldn't be saying all this. I should be quiet. And I said to him, no, don't stop. And don't stop with me. Lay it all on the line. Because what happens is, we begin to affect great change and that well of life springs up within us and spills out to those around us. And friends, let me tell you, some people won't receive it and some people will be hostile towards that. But Jesus said, blessed are those that are persecuted. The Bible goes on to say, you haven't, been, you haven't been led to torture. You haven't had to lay down your life physically yet. You haven't had to do all these other things. So why not put it all on the line? Why not? When we come here of a Sunday, why not? Throw ourselves before the Lord, lifting our hands in worship, raising our voices in pouring out for him. You know, church became a place many, many years ago of where anybody could walk in and, and it was nice and it had to stay nice. You know what that bread within the church? It bred consumer Christians that turn up, they get their bread, they get their communion and they go on their merry way. Friends, church is not about Sunday. It's about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and so on. Friends, here is where we get encouraged. Here is where we get equipped. Here is where we collectively come with one voice to sing praises unto God. And if you ask anybody in relation to spiritual festivals, something happens when a large group of people get together. Something, look, Jesus said, when it, wherever there are two or three gathered, he is in the midst. But the principle is this, is that when more people gather together in one place, in one accord, the Lord says it's there that he commands a blessing. And what I'm trying to say to you is when we come together over Sunday, I don't understand why people are sitting on the edges here. I'm just saying, on you, Daisy. Because I want to encourage you. Dive in. One of our core values is that we are authentic. So what you see is what you get. I'm sorry if I offended you, but I'm kind of not either. Because what I, 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 I want to be authentic in what I'm saying. I want to say that, uh, that we're all in. We're, we're, we're all in in our sense here. We're all in. You know, the, do you like our brand new chairs? Well, they're not brand new anymore. We've had them if couple of years now, haven't we? But it, actually some of them you've never sat on before because we've got all of them out because of our big event last night. And it was great to see most of them filled. But do you know what? 
you know what? They're going to be filled. Because I believe in a God of revival. I believe in a God that as we allow and stop trying to contain the wellspring of life from building up within us, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. How I want for that to be our response to Jesus. Give me this water. That that would become a wellspring of life, bubbling, growing up. Holy Spirit, give me that water. The number one thing that comes against it is the burdens that we carry. And I feel today that the Lord wants us to lay down these burdens. I'm going to invite Julie up right now. The Lord has given her a word that I feel um, is pertinent for today. Just welcome in now. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Before I share this, last Sunday you will remember that the Lord woke Matthew up, Pastor Matt, up at one o'clock in the morning. And he also spoke to Sandra at one o'clock in the morning. Now, in prophetic language, one means God. So that's God speaking. And that's obvious from what Pastor Matt brought and what Sandra brought. But what happened uh, on Monday afternoon, I was sitting at my PC and I was waiting for an online meeting and I had a few minutes to spare. And it was at 4.24 in the afternoon because I wrote it down. What I heard was a clock chiming once in the next room from me. Now, I knew that that was I was hearing in the spirit and I knew that was God wanting attention. I recognised the chime because I actually do have a chiming clock in the next room and uh, I haven't, it hasn't chimed for years because I haven't wound it for years. So I knew that that was God wanting to say something. So I noted the time of that and then I had my meeting. After that I was reflecting, Lord, what is this about? And I felt it was about the time and uh, 4.24 and I felt led to Isaiah 42 starting from verse 4 and this is what I feel to bring this morning what the Lord's saying. It's what, this is a prophet Isaiah speaking about the Lord first of all, about God. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. He then expands on justice. Thus says the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Now here he was speaking about Israel, but he was also speaking about Jesus. So this is a message for us today. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. The Gentiles in our day and age are our community who don't know Jesus. So the Lord is saying this. To open blind eyes, here we go, to bring out prisoners from the prison, to those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Opening the blind eyes is opening the spiritual eyes of people who don't know Jesus, as well as opening eyes in the natural 
to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who have been ensnared, setting people free from the effects of darkness, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. This is God's promise and he's stirring us up that this is what he will do. He says he will not finish until he has established justice on the earth. And this is part of God's justice, to have people set free, to have their eyes open to Jesus, just as we've been talking about. He says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. And that echoes what he was saying last Sunday morning. When this happens, the glory goes to him. Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So I feel like the Lord is encouraging us that he wants to open those blind eyes, that he wants to see these things happen. But the glory must go to him when that does happen. So Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you for those who are coming, Lord. We thank you for those, Lord, who you are going to bring out of darkness, Lord. We thank you for those who will see the light of your life as we move forwards, as you have called us to do. And the glory glory is all yours. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Wow, Julie. How amazing is that, right? So we, we, take, we take that on. You know, we understand that God's word is, yes, the written word of God, as we know as the Bible. The, the, the Bible says that all scripture is breathed by the Holy Spirit and inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we know that the spoken, that the, uh, the written word is the word. We also understand that there is the spoken word as well, that Jesus, that, the, that, Lord, that God speaks to us as people as well. Amen. And I just get a sense that, that God is saying some significant things to us as a church. And I believe that God is positioning us as a church in a place of influence and authority within this region. And I believe that God has resourced us here. I mean, have a look around you. Look at the resources here. The people, the people. It's not about the chairs. It's not about the lights, the cameras. The, it's about the people. And you see, God has blessed us blessed us with highly skilled, highly gifted people. And you see, you see that wellspring of life is going to bubble up and flow out. But I, I just get a sense that what the Lord is saying is that we have to cast our cares on him. We have to let go of our burdens. We have to let go of the things that so easily weigh us down. Hello? We've got to give them over to him. He's saying, come to the, it's not even come to the cross, but it's come to him, all who are. Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy laden, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. You don't just come to him when you're heavy, heavy laden. You're always with him. You always be in him. You never step out of being in him. We want to always be walking with Jesus. Amen? Amen? I'm going to skip down to verse 23 of John chapter 4 and it says, But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. 
And here comes this moment where Jesus reveals himself to her. I who speak to you am he. I felt the Lord speak to me this morning and I felt him say that there are people here today that feel disqualified, not with the same issues of the Samaritan woman, but in the same way, outcast, disqualified from God, disqualified from experiencing the fullness of God, the power of God. Friends, this is not an issue of faith. This is not even an issue of salvation. What I'm talking about is an issue of allowing the wellspring of life to affect great change in your world. In a few moments, I'm going to pray and Many of you pray beautifully quietly and and I applaud that but in a few moments I'm going to invite you to stand up on your feet and we're going to lift our voices in prayer and friends I don't want it to be a token gesture. I'm asking, I'm pleading with it that there there is passion in it. That if you believe and I'm going to ask even if you don't believe... (laughs) that Jesus wants to pour into your life, I'm going to invite you and ask you that in that moment that you take that, that small step towards him, that, that you would have an I am he who speaks to you moment, that that moment of where we, rather than going introspectively, we actually step out and we break out of the, the things that the Bible said that so easily weigh us down. There may even be some things that you need to renounce, that you need to be free of. There might be some people that you need to forgive. There might be some some areas that that you you are not even aware of and yet you still feel as though you are held back from experiencing the fullness and the power of God, I would invite you just to come into that moment and say, Lord, I renounce whatever it is that is restricting and containing that wellspring of life. I would invite you to pray that. I would invite you to come before him and just just have that moment because what I sense and what I believe the Lord is wanting to do in your life and you are not disqualified because Jesus took the disqualification at the cross and then he qualified you to experience the fullness of who he is and who he wants to be in you and through you to the world around you. Friends, that is the well spring of life. So I'm going to invite you. Would you stand? 
And in a few moments, we're going to lift our voices and we're just going to start to pray. And you might just step out in faith and say, oh, Lord, I, 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 I renounce those things that are weighing me down. I renounce those things that are so easily holding me down and, and weighing me back and making me second guess. Or, or I, because I know, friends, I've been in places where there is great revival and healing outpouring. I know what it looks like. I know what it sounds like. I know that, that, there, that there are always scores of people that are hungry. I know what revival sounds like in a prayer meeting where there is only two or three people praying for it. It has a sound about it. It has a fervor about it. I know what the sound of freedom sounds like. I'm talking spiritual freedom. I know what that sounds like. And friends, I long to hear that in your life. You know how Rosie changed my perspective? You remember? That was God changing my perspective through Rosie. I believe that there's going to be some perspectives changed this week. Are you ready? So, Father, right now, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for what you are doing in and through us, Lord. Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, we come before you. If you're watching online right now, I just ask you, just, just quieten yourself, quieten your spirit and step into this well moment. Jesus was a well sitting on a well. <laughs> Jesus, this one thing you require of us is to cast all our cares, all our burdens on you. I just invite you right now, just it's this moment of you and him. You might I you might want to just say, I I, I just I, I I renounce Lying. It might be, you know, you just stretch the truth, or, or I don't know why I feel prompted to say that, but you know, you just might feel as though you're living a lie, and you just might say, I, I, I renounce, I renounce that. Jesus, forgive me. You might want to just say those words. The areas, areas of your life that you know that the Lord is calling you into. Lord, right now, we, just re we renounce those things that are containing and holding us back, Lord, right now. Right now. Right now, Lord. Lord, we renounce unbelief. Holy Spirit, right now, we welcome you.
Jesus, we know that you said that the words are not mere words, but they are of power. And so, Father, just release your power here right now. Lord, even now, let that wellspring of life be released deep within us. I'm just going to invite you, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray right now. Just pray out loud. You might have a gift of tongues or you just might want to just release those things. Somebody here that needs to forgive, just let forgiveness flow right now. Might be a relative, family, friend. Lord, right now, we just, we just ask that your forgiveness would flow, Lord. That we are no longer disqualified from experiencing the fullness of your presence. Lord, we call out and we cry out to you right now. Let us step into this right now. You may never have been given the gift of tongues. You just step out in faith and you just ask the Holy Spirit right now. I would even be as bold to say that uh, Even be as bold to say that there may still be other things that you need to renounce and break off and the Holy Spirit's just going to start to prompt you with some of those things and say, hey, you've got to let go of that. You've got to let go of the past. You've got to let go of the hurt. You've got to let go of these preconceived ideas of what God is and what he isn't. He is wanting to revolutionise his church right now because he is coming, friends. He is coming, friends. He is coming. Get ready. Let us not be like the foolish virgins that the Bible talks about that were not prepared for the bridegroom when he came. But let us be ready. Let us be ready for him. Jesus, would you prepare us and help us be ready? Holy Spirit, help us in that readiness right now. Jesus, just release that right now. With the few of us that are here today, God. Lord, let us not be consumers of the kingdom. But Lord, let us be catalysts. Let us be great agents of love. Great carriers of your presence, of your anointing, Lord. Yeah, I just hear the Spirit saying, you are not disqualified. You are not disqualified.
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.